Welcome to In Transition, a program dedicated to the practice of content marketing in government. Here's your host, David Pembroke. Well, hello, ladies and gentlemen, wherever you may be listening in this big, wide world of ours, and welcome to this week's episode of In Transition, the podcast that examines the practice of content marketing in government. We're thrilled with the feedback we've received about the show over the last couple of weeks, so thanks a lot for that. We really do appreciate it, and it really does confirm to me that while this may be a rather narrow-focused niche, that is content marketing in government, It's just this sort of narrow focus that, in my view, will increasingly drive success with communication. As citizens, stakeholders and consumers take control of the content that they want to consume, they will aggregate that content around their specific needs, interests and pain points. The broadcast era is coming to a close and narrowcasting will take over. Our particular focus is people who work in government and our mission at Content Group is to strengthen communities and improve the well-being of citizens through more effective government communication. Well, as is customary on the transition, we define the focus of the podcast before we get started. It's an adaptation of the Content Marketing Institute's definition of content marketing for a government audience and it is as follows. Content marketing is a strategic and measurable business process that relies on the curation, creation, and distribution of valuable, relevant, and consistent content to engage and inform a clearly defined audience with the objective of driving a desired citizen or stakeholder action. It's that simple, and in my view, content marketing will become the bedrock of all communication in government around the world, as governments take advantage of the gift of technology, which means that they can now better understand what citizens need and go direct to engage them. Now picture this, an Irishman and Australian walk into a bar in the Midwest of America. No, it's not the start of a joke, but the beginning of a friendship with our guest today, Ian Cleary. Ian is a world leader in the understanding and application of tools that power the practice of content marketing. In a few short years, he has brought to life a vision which he shared with me all those years ago, which was to position himself as an authority on social media and content marketing tools. He spied a gap in the market and he's filled it. He joins us today from Dublin. Ian Cleary, welcome and thanks for being in transition. Thank you very much, and thank you very much for a lovely introduction. It was great to meet you all them years ago. Listen, before we jump into the discussion, I'd really interested just if people might for a moment just pause and make sure that they grab a hold of their Evernote or open up the the application or or grab a pen and and pad pad because really what we really want to do today is to is to drill into just exactly what are some of the applications that they can use to power their content marketing but before we do that as well just to if you might just give us the the short potted history of the of the Ian Cleary story. (laughs) <laughs> well, a couple of years ago, I decided that I was going to build an international audience. And based in Ireland, I looked at the US as the best place to build it. And my topic of interest was social media and my background was technology. So combined the two of them and I looked at the tools industry within social media. And I seen the content was very popular related to tools on different sites, but nobody was really focusing on that. 
So I picked that as my niche, as we call it in, in Ireland, or niche, as they call it in the States. Yeah. I don't know it's nation it in Australia. Astra- nation it's Australia niche, as well. Nation Australia. I have to get used to it in, in the States and call it niche. niche. Ah. Anyway, so I picked that area and I said that was the one I was absolutely going to focus on and I was going to be the person that. So I did do all the, I identified the audience, I identified the influencers, I started building the relationships, I started building content, I started curating content and distributing content, everything you said in what is content marketing. And I followed that and the site just grew rapidly, I grew a big audience globally, and it's a very small operation here based in Ireland. So if I can do it, I think uh, government bodies can do it a thousand times bigger. But it's interesting that you 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 went narrow, didn't you? Yeah, it it was narrow. Yeah, exactly. So I needed to stand out. So if I done a blog and just talked about social media, it would have been very difficult. Whereas I focused on the tools, all of a sudden I was the only person that was 100% focused in that area. So within six months of launching our blog, we won as one of the top 10 blogs globally in social media with an award from Social Media Examiner based in the US. And it was because of, well, it was that niche, you know, picking that small topic and, and focusing on that and building the relationships and getting our content out there. So in in your view, what are some of those, the, the not negotiables for successful content marketing? If you're a government uh, communications officer sitting there now thinking, okay, I'm going to get started with trying to, to take advantage of this gift of technology, which now enables me to communicate directly to that specific audience who I need to engage with, what are some of the things that you must do? Well, the first thing is, is identifying who are all the key influencers. You know, I suppose you've defined your topic. What is the topic that you're really going to focus on and what's the message you want to get out and what is your result you want to achieve? I was very clear where I wanted to go to. So from a government body, what is the result you want to achieve? Because it's not just about throwing content out there. So once you know what you want to achieve, then it's going, well, who are the influential people that are going to help me achieve this? and get that content distributed. The good thing about the government body is that you do have an audience that will listen to you. So you have a, it's a great starting point because you have that audience already. You have the, a lot of relationships as well that you can reach out to. So it's identifying then influencers so that when you start producing your content, you need to produce really good, high quality content, then get out and promote that content to the influential audience. Now, you don't forget about traditional media. It's still there, so don't forget about that. But there's also then the online influential people and influential sites that are growing in popularity and influence, and that's just going to continue to increase. Now, what we will do just in a a few short moments is come to a a mnemonic that the UK government uh, uses in terms of their structure around their content marketing and will specifically drill down into what are some of the tools that, that people can use. But I am a big fanboy, I've got to say, of what the UK government are doing. And it's not just in communication, it's in technology and, and a range of other things through their um, renewal program that they've undertaken since the global financial crisis in the UK. But the mnemonic that they use is OASIS, which stands for Objective, Audience, Strategy, Implementation and Scoring. So that is a, a form of a content marketing strategy. So 
perhaps Ian, you might be able to share in terms of that first thing, tr- really trying to understand what those objectives might be. Are there any tools around that can help people to decide or to better understand how to make a decision about what is the right objective and how it should be measured? Yeah, I suppose you you probably want to look at the, do an analysis of the audience to see, you know, what the audience are interested in, who are the audience, you know, a complete breakdown of that audience before you start reaching out to understand that. So, I mean, I've picked out a couple of tools that may be very interesting. So one is Peak Analytics. And what Peak Analytics does is this is getting real-time data from over 60 different social networks and all the major blogging platforms. And then it's breaking down demographic and psychographic information. And you can get information like career and education and interests and social followings and really detailed information about the audience. So that's certainly going to help to understand your objectives and what the audience is interested in. You know, that's a an enterprise tool. If you're looking for something that's a lower cost tool, I do like Twitterland, T-W-T-R-L-A-N-D, because now that's a very much focused on the Twitter side of things, but it categorizes people into 40,000 different categories. So it's good for drilling down and finding the specific audience. I say, so just give me that, that spelling of that second one again. It's T-W-T-R-L-A-N-D. Okay. And then Peak is, can you spell that one out for us as well? Yeah, that's P-E-E-K analytics.com. And uh, a third tool is intensity, and that does customer behavior profiling. It does sentiment analysis to see if mentions of particular topics is a positive or a negative. It tries to understand the conversations that are happening. It understands the trends. It looks to see, you know, what's going to trend. So that might affect what you're going to do, the way things are going to trend. And I use things like natural language processing to understand everything that's going on through all the different social channels. Okay, now I missed that one again, so spell that one for me as well. It's the Irish accent, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, 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 intensity, A-T-T-E-N-S-I-T-Y. Okay, so that's three tools that are very useful for people to start to identify their subject, identify their topic, and start to move around and try to make some judgments uh, about uh, where they can put their efforts and and what sort of language they might be using. Because do each of those tools, would would that help you in trying to understand the sorts of words and language and description you should be using to try to engage your audience? Yeah, it's going to pick out the most common sort of words that are appearing related to the topic of interest. And, and that's going to help you define what sort of content y- you talk about. Now, some of them are expensive tools. So from a government point of view, you may be interested in the, the bigger, more expensive tools. There are other simpler tools that do basic analysis. Like if I'm thinking about, well, what's good content to write? I want to find out, well, what is the most shared content related to my topic? Because if if it's shared a lot by people, and it's a competitor or somebody promoting a similar topic. Well, if it's interesting to their audience, it's probably going to be very interesting to my audience as well. So you could use a tool called BuzzZumo, B-U-Z-Z-S-U-M-O. And what that does is you search for a topic, a keyword, and it's going to tell you the most shared content 
related to that topic. Uh, so it's a simple tool and there's a free version and a paid version. So you can use the free version to get initial understanding of what's interesting. What, what are people sharing a lot across Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest? And related to that topic is which platform is the most popular? You know, so you get an idea of the, the platform as well. So you go, well, you know, this topic is shared on Pinterest an awful lot. So why is it that Pinterest is so interesting? Maybe that's where I need to focus my attention, my audience. So there's some simple tools like that as well. There's lots of really great information out there. What other tools might you have in your kit bag there, just in terms of drilling down into understanding of, of the audience? Okay, so I might have um, a group high. Group high is a, a, a blog analysis tool that indexes tens of millions of blogs. And what it does then, it allows you to find who are the influencers and influential blogs related to keywords that you're interested in. So that's going to produce a list of blogs and say, well, here's the blogs, here's the ranking, here's their estimated audience, here's their social followings, here's the people behind the blogs, here's all the contact details, and then allows you to outreach to these blogs. So you may not produce all the content yourself. Uh, you may want bloggers to produce content because they have audience that you might want to access to. So you, you might want to do that program and build out, reach out to those uh, bloggers as well. And can you, spell, called, can you spell that one for me as well? Yeah, that's Group High, G-R-O-U-P-H-I-G-H. Okay, Group High. Okay, got that. Sorry, interrupted you. There was another one coming. Okay, Little Bird, uh, and that's Get Little Bird, G-E-T-L-I-T-T-L-E-B-I-R-D. And little Get Little Bird is about just finding influencers related to a topic. So you put in a topic and you find an influencer and then it tells you all the other influential people related to that topic. And what it does is it sees, well, if this influencer is following and engaging with this other influencer and that influencer is engaging with another influencer, then it sort of builds that list of all the different influencers that are connecting to each other. So if an influential person a hundred other influential person is following that person, well, then they're more influential. So it's a really interesting way of producing a list of influential people. Just as an aside, in terms of your experience in content marketing, just how important has it been for you and for your success to understand what the audience needs? Because I think sometimes, particularly in the government market, we're very keen to tell people what we think they should know or to tell people what we want them to know as opposed to flipping it and putting ourselves in the position of asking well what questions what do they want to know an interesting one because we're, we're just researching our audience now it's the start of the year because we don't produce content just because i want to produce it what i do is i find out exactly what the audience is interested in related to a topic and I found out the words that they're using, you know, when they give the descriptions back. And then I start to use that in my content. And then I'm researching to see, well, what is popular content? If it's popular, I'll write more of that content. I'm not writing completely original content. Sometimes it's, I know that's a popular topic. It's been popular before. So I'm going to write a much better article, you know, based on that topic. So I can take some of that audience that's 
shown an interest in it already. But you're right, you, you need to do the research and find out what people are really interested in related to that topic. So in terms of those tools that you've mentioned so far, are there any other tools that you're using in that process that's underway for you at the moment that you haven't mentioned to us so far? Well, I mean, for the survey, I use SurveyMonkey, but you can use any tool for that to actually survey your audience. But that's an important part of content marketing is understanding the requirements of the audience. So sometimes it's just going out there and asking them, you, you know. So um, there's one tool, another tool I use, which is slightly technical, but very useful. And it's called Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S. So what I do is if I'm writing on a topic like social media tools, I'll do a search on Google and I'll see who are the top people that are ranking it within uh, for that topic. And then when I write that topic, I'll use Ahrefs to find out who are the top websites that are linking to the content that's already ranking in Google. And then I'll reach out to them to say, listen, I've got a better piece of content. Why don't you link to me instead? Because, you know, for my content, I want it to appear within top of Google search results. If I write an article and I don't get a lot of people linking to me, well, then it's harder to appear in search results. So you're finding out, you know, who's in search results already? Who are the websites linking to them, talking about that topic? And then reaching out to the most influential websites and telling them about my new article. So and then that will bring links to my site and that will bring, you know, more traffic. So as a government body, it would be looking to see, you know, again, what's the popular content in Google and seeing who are the people that are supporting that content and seeing if they can support your content instead. So it's fair to say it's quite intuitive, the use of a lot of these tools. It's not a really heavily technical undertaking for people and so therefore perhaps they shouldn't be scared away from it no definitely not i mean i do mention a good few tools but it's really it's getting your strategy down right understanding exactly what you want to get out of content marketing understand how you're going to measure that and then using a a core set of tools and then there's a process to follow so you'd identify the most relevant tools and then you'd follow a process you you know, like Buzzumo is just going, I'm writing a piece of content related to a topic. I go to Buzzumo, I search for that, and then I analyze, you know, the top ones, top articles that are getting the most shares on various sites. And then I'm going to see, well, why is it that they're, that article is really popular? Uh, but like I say, that's just a process you follow. Once you have that down, then it's going to be very, very easy and you don't have to be, you know, a real technical person. Okay. So as far as the process has gone so far, we've sort of really in our research and discovery phase now where we've gone out and we've tried to understand exactly what the topics are, who is influential, who are the people we need to reach, what's trending, what's important. Uh, and now we're going to sit down and you know work through those objectives now because we know who we're trying to reach and for what particular purpose. Are there any tools that you use to help you to bring together a strategy for content marketing? 
I mean, the, the strategy to me, for me, is the a documented strategy uh, with clear objectives, with clear goals. And I know you've got an a, a OASIS acronym for the different stages for getting to that. So that's really, it's a documented strategy with tools that support that strategy. So it's not a, 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 a tool for strategy, it's creating the strategy, looking for the tools to support the strategy. So you might have tools that will look at identifying the audience for you know, driving engagement with the audience, identifying is it actually working and what changes I need to make as a result, all the analytics at the end. So it's really them tools to support that strategy. Just how important is it that you write down a strategy? Oh, it's absolutely critical. I mean, I think the biggest problem with content marketing is that people feel I have to produce content because other people are producing content. So the most important thing is being very strategic about what you're doing because content marketing is hard work. It takes a lot of time. It takes time for promotion. But the benefits can be huge and the benefits keep on growing and growing because your audience keeps on growing. It's just amazing how that just keeps on you know, building. So build a solid foundation with a really strong strategy and then you can you know, move much quicker than other competitors in that market or other people delivering similar content. So absolutely crucial. Get your strategy down so you're not going to waste time on content marketing. You're actually going to deliver measurable results. Okay, so we've got our objective. We've we've got a clear understanding of our, of our audience and our and our strategy is nice and outlined. What about tools to help us in the in the curation of content? You know, being able to find where that best content is that we might be able to distribute to the audience that uh, we're seeking to influence. Okay, so a couple of tools in that area. Um, Feedly is a useful tool for if you want to follow different news sources across the web. It could be news sites, it could be blogs, um, any of the news sites. You want to follow them. You don't want to spend lots of time going around each of them sites on a daily basis. So what you do is you add that content onto a tool called Feedly, F-E-E-D-L-Y, and then you get a, a all that content in one place. And so once more, then you can come in and look at that content, see which sites have new articles, it even shows you which articles are popular at the moment so you can filter out them ones. So that's the starting point. And then you're able to take some of that content and share some of that content. So it's, it can't be all about your content. So you need to find easy ways of identifying other people's content and then tools for sharing that. So that is a good tool. There's a tool called Content Gems, C-O-N-T-E-N-T-G-E-M-S. That sends a daily email based on categories and keywords that you're interested in. And it always comes up with really good content, so it saves you time. There's one or tool that I really like called Scoopit, S-C-O-O-P dot I-T. And that's basically just people curating content. So you go on to Scoopit, you create a board, you add on content that's interesting for that board. For example, you know, it's on government in Australia, you have a board for that. And then other people can follow that board. So what happens is you can go in and find people that are already curating content and they're picking out really good content for you to share. So it saves a lot of time, you know, using that tool. And each of them tools are, you know, all provide a free version. So it's not big expense. 
So what's your view on the balance between curation and creation? Interesting. I mean, I suppose relating to sharing content, I would share, you know, probably 70 to 80 percent of other people's content compared to what the content I produce. So sharing an awful lot more of other people's content because I want to build that relationships with people. I want my audience to have a good range of content, not just mine. So it is important to use other people's content. Now, for curation, you can, you know, do things like you may create a post, which is curated content, where you say, here's the top seven articles. So that's an interesting, that's your piece of content, but it's a collection of other content you found on the web. So you can curate that way as well. But typically you're sharing an awful lot more of other people's content because it's social media, you have to be social, and your audience is interested in what other people have to say as well. And from a government uh, perspective, what are some of the risks in curation and what are some of the things that people can do to cut down on the risks of perhaps curating the wrong piece of content? Yeah, depending on the tools you use, some of the tools, the more expensive tools in particular, will have uh, some moderation and some approval schemes. So somebody could go through and find lots of content put it into a queue, and before it's shared out, there's an approval process before it actually gets out onto Twitter or Facebook. So you do an initial set of finding the content, then you do some filtering to find, make sure that that is totally relevant on message, you know, definitely related to what, you know, the content's all strategic, and then let that shared out. So, you know, you might use tools like, you know, Hootsuite, uh, H-O-O-T-S-U-I-T-E has an enterprise version and that would have team-based functionality where you can have control over the content that's shared. And what about for creation? Are there any tools that you like to use to help you to create you know, efficiently and effectively? I, l- I love the tool Inbound Writer, which I- I've been using for the last couple of months. And what Inbound Writer is it helps you identify the topics to write about that gives you a good chance to rank well within Google without any technical skills. So you put in the topic and that will give you a rating. It'll say green, red, orange, and that'll give you a number. So green with 100 means this is content that's going to do well for you. And it's very likely that you're going to rank within Google and get ongoing organic traffic from Google. So I love that tool because it takes the technical side to SEO out of it. It just focuses on the initial idea and tells you, will this have a chance of ranking? Because Google is still really important. It's great getting your traffic out in social media channels, but most of your traffic will still come from Google. That doesn't mean, say, social is not important because Most people hear about your content on social media and hear about your message and what you're talking about in social media channels, but they may look for you on Google. And in uh, in terms of other creation tools, apart from Inbound Writer, have you got any other favourites there? Uh, I use, you really need, if you're writing, you know, blog content, you need an editorial calendar to help you organise and plan out your content my platform I use is WordPress and I use CoSchedule. 
and co-schedule allows you to have a really nicely laid out calendar with all your content. It allows you to assign tasks over to different members of the team, like, for example, over to an editor. And then it allows you to distribute the content by setting, say, I want to send this new blog post at 10 o'clock on Twitter, uh, 4 o'clock on Twitter again later on, and then send it again a couple of times. So it has all the editorial side and it has some content distribution as well. The final part of the process after we've very clearly understood our audience We've now set our objectives, we've agreed on our strategy, we've curated content, we've created content, we've now got it all nicely set out in our schedule, we have now started to publish, but we've now got to measure and evaluate just how effective our content marketing program is. So what are the tools that people can use to measure effectiveness and what are some of the things that they should be measuring? Okay. Um, well, first of all, it, it depends on the analytic tools you have set up within your organization. But say, for example, you have Google Analytics, which is free, extremely popular, and really, really useful. I mean, you want to see, are people actually, when you're sharing out content on social media channels, are people coming back to your site? When they're coming back to their site, what are they doing then? What are the actions they're taking as a result of that? Like if you have an article, you get somebody back to your site, you might say, well, one of the key actions I want is I want to build an email subscriber database because that's going to be my community. And then I'm going to share out content to that community and I'm going to build the community through my email list. So you might measure what is the traffic generated from each of the social media channels and what is the conversion rate to becoming an email subscriber? So you know that 2.4% of people coming from Facebook sign up to your email list. 1% of people from Twitter sign up to your email list. You can set that up easily within Google Analytics. All you need to do is create goals with Google Analytics, and then you measure the goals. So that's going to be key to figure out, well, what is it when they get to the website you want, what the actions you want them to take, and then you, you measure them actions. And that could be the most important thing. And that's, you know, depending on the organization, it could be sign up to a newsletter list, sign up to my software product for a 30-day demo, download this white paper that I've produced, you know, about some government initiative. And I really want to get that message out. So it's whatever you need. That's from that side. From the different social media channels, there's a whole range of tools available to measure that. You do want to see that your audience is growing. You want to see, well, how relevant are your audience? It's no good if you've got 10,000 Twitter followers, if 9,000 of them are totally irrelevant. Just get rid of them. That's not worth your while. So you need to look at what is your following? Is it growing? Uh, What is the profile of that following? How engaging is your content? So you have a relevant following now. Are people actually engaging with this content? Are they sharing it? Are they replying to it? You know, all that engagement stats are are going to be really important across each of your channels. So you're building up each of the channels. You're making sure the following is growing. It's a relevant following. It's an engaged listing. And then you're going, well, what do I want people to do after this? What is the action? A lot of times that action takes place on your website. Then you look at how you measure that action. 
So samples of the tools you would use is Google Analytics on the website side of things. On the social media side of things, you might use a tool like Simply Measured, S-I-M-P-L-Y Measured. And that gives you really, really good reports on all the different social networks you're active on. Social Bakers is another really good tool that's been around for a few years and they have really detailed and useful analytics. So it could be those, those tools. I know Simply Measure provides some really good free reports that you can get started with. But the most important data is probably going to be on your website. What is the activity then happening as a result of all this social media interaction? You mentioned email subscription. Just how important is that? It depends on, on your goals and stuff and the type of organization you have. But to me, it's it's so important. If you look at Facebook, you're building a fan base on Facebook. Your reach on Facebook, you may get 5 to 10% of your fans seeing your content without paying for expanding that reach. With email, you'll generally get 20 to 25% open rate in email. So far more people are going to see your email content. And with your email list, you own that community. That's entirely yours. You'll never lose that. If Facebook makes significant changes or Facebook go out of business, well, then what happens to your fans? They disappear. So I always have a strategy for getting your fans to become email subscribers and your email subscribers to become fans. Now you can get them in both places. If your reach on Facebook is 5 to 10%, and your reach on email is 20 to 25%. Well, if you're reaching people on both platforms, then your, your reach is over 30%, which is, which is great at that stage. So, yeah, really important still. Email is not going away. When somebody signs up for a social network, they still give their email address. So you have to have a, an email address. What's your view on the effectiveness of advertising on social channels? Say, for example, Facebook advertising. It can be super effective, and I think it's an essential part of your budget going forward this year because now on Facebook, it's pay to play. You really need to have a budget for promoting your good content, and that's just the way it is on Facebook. So you can't, unless you're going to come up with all this, you know, viral type content, which is not going to be particularly relevant to your audience, then you need to boost your content with some advertising budget. So you might so pay some advertising on Facebook there to boost some content. You might do some retargeting. So if somebody is on your website and they're reading your content, when they go to Facebook, you can retarget them with ads and display ads saying, well, I know you've been on our website. Well, why don't you sign up to our email list? Why don't you become a fan? Or just promote the content more that they were looking at on the, the site. So that advertising is important. So I do think that social advertising is going to be increasingly important and social media is not free. So you do need to have that budget for the social advertising. And just as a final question, before we wrap up, what are your, your biggest tips going in uh, to 2015? What are some of the things that people should be looking for uh, as this world continues to change and transition and move as quickly as it is at the moment? Well, it's interesting you mentioned about content ignition in your uh, email to me. You know, it's 
that's about promoting your content. So I think everybody's getting into content marketing. So it's really important for you to stand out. So you have to have a very clear strategy uh, for identifying the audience, creating the most relevant and the best content. And then it's looking at how do you promote that content. So your promotion techniques are going to be even more important to make sure your content stands out from the crowd. So I think promotion is going to be a big area of uh, area to focus on. Okay, so any any of the tools that you may have had on your list there that we we didn't get to and didn't cover? Uh, I have a big long list of tools, but uh, okay, so I'll give you I'll give you one more, which uh, or maybe a couple more. So first one is that I really like and I use on a regular basis called SEM Rush. That's S E M R U S H. I put in a competitor's website address. And that's going to show me, it goes through all the organic listing on Google. And it's going to show me the keywords my competitor is ranking for content for. So I know, well, here's a set of keywords that my competitor is getting traffic based on. So if I write content that's even better related to those keywords, I can take some of their traffic. So uh, that's a, a really useful tool that I use on a, on a regular basis. Um, for content distribution, I recently started using a tool called Edgar, and that's on meetedgar.com, M-E-E-T-E-D-G-A-R.com. It's only had a couple of months, but it's all about content distribution. So you create content, you put it into content categories, then you set schedules across different social media platforms, and Edgar will automatically start picking content out from different categories based on what you configured. And then it will resend the content you have configured. You know, maybe it's a couple of weeks later, it'll resend that content again. Some content is evergreen, so it doesn't run out, go out of date. So you have to have a strategy for sharing this content again and again. And this automatically does this for you. And that can help your content get out there. So it's not all about producing new content. Don't forget about your existing content that you've put a lot of work into that's still relevant. Your audience is growing. Most of your audience hasn't seen the content, so resend it again. So Edgar really helps with that process. Well, Ian Cleary, you are the tools guy. You are. <laughs> <laughs> I can just imagine you now pottering around in your room there and you're going to spend the day wandering around trying to find the advantage and trying to find just those small tweaks that need to be made to try to distribute and promote that content so people can find out more about you. So for our audience, can you just give us a, a rundown on where are the best places on the web to find out more of this really high quality information? Well, I think you should come to my site. <laughs> no, but seriously, we are actually launching a tools directory this week because uh, there's so many questions about tools. We said we make it easier for people with a directory of the tools, with a detailed description of each of the tools, and that's the the best place on uh, for the tools side of things. You and know, that's for Raz Razor Social, that one. Razor Razor Social dot com. Social dot com. Yep. I think your site, David, I really love the content you're producing. So definitely uh, sign up to your site. I like uh, Social Media Examiner. Social Media Examiner provide really good content on a daily basis. Uh, content Marketing Institute also provide great content about 
the st strategy of content side of things, all the planning side of things. And I really like businessesgrow.com from Mark Schaefer. And that is more about strategy and case studies related to social media. And finally, last one, I love Convince and Convert. That's a site by Jay Bear. And Jay Bear is just an exceptionally smart individual. And if you want to see what's coming down the line related to content and content marketing, that's a good place to go to. Well, Ian Cleary, you are a very generous man. And thank you very much for giving us your time today to really step through in a really compelling simple and easy to understand. I know, as I said, people, they had to open up Evernote and grab a pen and a paper, and I know they've got a big long list, but don't worry. We'll capture all of this and have it in our show notes, and it's going to be a really valuable piece of uh, information that people are going to be able to use to improve their content marketing. So thanks for very much for, uh, for joining us today. Are you going to be at Content Marketing World later this year? I am indeed. Are you going yourself? I will be there. And so I look forward to catching you once again, probably not so late at night, uh, but uh, <laughs> somewhere amongst the crowd there. You'll be there uh, holding court as you always do. So thanks again, Ian. Thanks again for Thank all you. of your help. And uh, thanks very much for joining us in Transition. Thank you very much for having me, David. You've been listening to In Transition, the program dedicated to the practice of content marketing in government. For more, visit us at intransitionpodcast.com.au.